0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place.
3: You can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. A lot of things to recap. We spent the first two hours trying to do that. Basketball with Reggie Miller. Nick Faldo, last hour with Phil Mickelson. Best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Go to danpatrick.com, some new t-shirts there. We got a thumbs up to Phil for making history this weekend. Love that. danpatrick.com, new Meet Friday t-shirts, and uh, our homage to the position of tight end. I saw where Mike Florio of pro football talk predicts that Tim Tebow will be on the Jags practice squad. He's on the 90 man roster. And he says, the next question becomes whether as of labor day, he'll land on the 53 man roster. He said a team source recently characterized it as less than 50% chance of him making the 53 man roster. And how many tight ends will he have to leapfrog? And then he goes uh, on to say, Tim Tebow could still end up in uniform and potentially on the field as uh, the two practice squad players every week are added to the game day roster. I ordered my Tim Tebow jersey. Hopefully he's still on the team by the time it arrives. I'm going to have to hold on to the receipt there.
2: Uh, Yes, Paulie. See, if I'm covering Tebow, I would have said positively, there's more than a 40% chance he makes the roster. Mm. Instead of more than 40, 50% Mm.
3: chance. Uh, Yeah, what positive thinking there. (laughs) It's all in the way you phrase it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Phil Mickelson made history yesterday, and here is Phil after picking up the PGA Championship
4: this is just an incredible feeling because I I just believed that it was possible, but yet everything was saying it wasn't. And I I hope that um, others find that inspiration. It might take a little extra work, a little bit harder effort to maintain uh, physically or maintain the skills, but gosh, is it worth it uh, in the end? And I'm uh, so appreciative to be holding this Wanamaker trophy.
3: Yeah. I just think the consistency, can you be consistent for four days? And I think that was always the uh, criticism of Phil Mickelson. Could he maintain this? And when I saw him playing well the first two days, I wondered mentally, can you sort of hang in there? And on a course like that, it's one thing to win a major. It's another thing to win a major on a very, very difficult golf course. And Kiowa, you never knew what you were getting. You knew you were going to get something. You just didn't know exactly what it was and when it was going to happen. But he was so proud that he out drove Brooks Kepka on a couple of holes yesterday. But I will say Brooks Kepka and what he did just to be out there is being underrated. He had knee surgery, he had a dislocated knee ligament surgery that was in March. And he wanted to play at the Masters and he did on one leg and to be there in the final twosome. I know it sounds crazy to say that to me is as if not more impressive than what Phil Mickelson did at age 50, because Phil is healthy and Phil doesn't act, look, play like he's 50. The mental aspect of it, I think, is what's so taxing just that ability to stay in a moment there. And Phil was able to do that. We also had Reggie Miller on in the first hour of the show. And we talked a little bit about age. We talked about Phil Mickelson and he made a comparison that I never saw coming. Here's Reggie Miller.
5: I kind of equate what he did yesterday and people are going to be like, what are you doing? That's crazy. When Kobe had the 60 points, his last game at 38, it was equivalent to what I saw yesterday because you looked in Kobe's eyes, and he had that 19-year-old Kobe Bryant look. Phil had that 25-year-old look in his eyes on each hole. Were there some blunders? Absolutely. That's golfing. But he had that that walk that we were accustomed to seeing. And I think the fans, and first of all, how great is it to have fans back at sporting events? It was fabulous to hear all the comments that were being shouted his way. It was just cool to watch. So when Kobe was getting that 60, that because we knew we were never going to see it again. Phil's going to continue to play golfing events and tournaments and being majors. But I don't know if he'll ever recapture that look, that walk. Um, it, it, it was just very cool to see.
3: Interesting comparison with Kobe's final game where he puts up 60 at that age and everything he'd gone through health-wise. And Phil Mickelson yesterday at almost 51 years of age. 877 dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, carries the show, our streaming service, and also the great radio affiliates around the country. Tonight, it's the Heat in the Box, Blazers, Nuggets, Sunday's winners with the 76ers, Suns, Hawks, and Grizzlies. In that loss to the Phoenix Suns, LeBron James had this to say:
5: "It's never just one guy, um, but I love when AD uh, puts that pressure on himself. Uh, you know, we're a better team when when he's aggressive. We're a better team uh, when he demands the ball, and um, you know, but we all got to do our jobs a lot
3: better as well. Yeah, they do, but LeBron's got to continue to put the pressure on because." If you're waiting for somebody else to do this or Anthony Davis to do, do this, and I don't know how healthy Anthony Davis is, but LeBron, I don't know how healthy he is, but you you know we're, you can't go down 0-2. I mean, you can and still come back, but you just let's not play with fire, Scarecrow. LeBron has got to kind of up the tempo here a little bit. And Anthony Davis, you don't have to stand on the perimeter. You can go inside. You got Jay Crowder on you. Just shoot little turnarounds, not fadeaways, not threes. Get involved somehow, some way. There are a lot of players that when they don't do something well that you expect, then they try to do something else to make sure that you're helping your team. And that's what Anthony Davis has to do. The reason why they won the championship last year was because of Anthony Davis. They will not win the championship with a subpar Anthony Davis. Not going to happen. Other teams, you know... You start to look at the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell was out. Let's see if he's going to play in game two. The Hawks beating the Knicks in the garden. 76ers get the win. Bucks, Mavs, Nets, Blazers win on Saturday. And I'm not going to be surprised if Portland wins that series. The Nets look great with the, the big three on there. Uh, the Bucks in a spirited matchup with the uh, Heat. And the Mavs beating the Clippers. But game two is where I have my curiosity. That's where I use, you know, they always talk about the pivotal game five. I look at game two. If you've lost the first one at home, do you win the second one? If you won the first one on the road, can you take another one and then come back home? Imagine if the Mavs win game two. Blazers win game two. Because you had teams that won on the road. You know, the Blazers won on the road. You had the Grizzlies winning on the road. The Hawks win on the road. You're going to have a couple of surprises here. Let's go around the room. Best and worst of the weekend. In fact, let me get a couple of phone calls and then we'll uh, we'll see if we can squeeze our, our best and worst or we'll wait till after the break. Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today?
0: Hey, what up, though? One time for chat, bro. I hope you guys had a good weekend. Look like my dog, Seaton, had some fun, for sure. Uh, Listen, on the poll question, I'm going with Tom Brady because that guy gets chased. He's been doing it for so long, and it's one of the most important uh, positions in all of football. And for him to do it as long as he's done it, and it's a rough, rough sport, uh, as uh, my best and worst of the weekend. I was in Allen Park, and I just happened to go to a 7-Eleven. Navigator pulls up, and Guy slaps on a mask. And I'm like, God, that look like Ryan Gosling. I didn't know he was a Lions fan. So Guy goes in the 7-Eleven. I'm kind of, you know, low-key stalking. Comes out, and he starts signing autographs. And I got a little closer, come to find out it was Jared Goff. Those guys look a
3: lot alike. They look a lot alike. They do. They do. Good call there, Jeff. Thank
2: you. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, Paul. Who would you rather meet? Who would you rather run into outside of 7-Eleven? We haven't done that poll question yet. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling or Jared Goff? Ryan Gosling. Yeah?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is he, is he a fun guy? Does he seem like a fun Oh, guy? I
3: don't know. He seems like he's a little serious, though. Uh-huh. Yes, McLevin. Well, pre-show conversation. Better looking, Jared Goff. Zach Wilson. I'll take your thoughts uh, off air. Thank you. Uh, maybe you could ask your wife. By the way, McLovin sent me, oh, God, you're so pathetic. uh, I I didn't didn't write anything. No, you sent it to me. You're like, uh, Twitter has spoken. Oh, I I got this tweet. Um, McLovin, looking at you, the first person I think of is Clive Owen. Twins, you and Clive Owen. It's, It's confusing to the audience, Dan. It's confusing to all of us.
6: Why don't, Why does Dan have a British movie star in the back row? No, nope, it's me, McLovin.
3: Does your wife think you look like Clive Owen? Not even a little bit. Yeah. Because I said that to my wife. I said, guess who people think McLovin looks like? And she goes, I, I don't know. Like McLovin from the movie Superbad? I said, well, no. I mean, yes. But... People think he looks like Clive Owen, and my wife goes, oh, God, no, he doesn't. And I go, well, you don't say it like that. And she goes, yeah. well, because my wife likes Clive Owen.
2: Hey,
1: wait, what?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Paul.
2: I, you know, though, McLovin could pass for British really easy. If he was walking down the street and he was natalie attired, and you said, guess where he's from? I think Britain would be a mm, good easy guy. And that complexion? Yeah. And the glasses? Yeah. He could pass for British. And, mm. Mm-hmm. That didn't feel like a full compliment. <laughs> Clive Owen, I, I'm pretty sure Clive Owen's British. Do you know who I actually got
6: growing up? A movie character that everyone said I looked exactly like, and I never quite saw it. Okay. It's an 80s movie, a comedy that many people in this room love. You, you might not be as into it. It involves someone here's hometown. Oh, I got
7: it. Go yeah, see. Uh, the dude, uh Cameron. From uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Bingo. They always said I looked like Cameron in uh, Ferris
3: Bueller's Day Off. Kind of an oval face. Okay. Kind of a sad sap look. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jeff in California. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind today?
0: Uh, Hey, happy Monday to you, Dan, and the Danettes. First, my uh, worst of the weekend. The Lakers, there's something missing here in L.A. We all know it. They're not going to the finals. I don't care. They're, there's something missing. My best of the weekend, my dad's 85. He still plays golf three times a week. I'm 58. We spent the day together yesterday and watched Phil won. And uh, it was a great day because Phil won for the old guys yesterday. So, hey, Phil, thank you.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for rubbing it in that your dad is still alive. Yes, Paul.
2: Could have just said, loved watching Phil yeah, in the PGA. Yeah. Not, hey, you guys with the dead
3: dads. Hey, eat it. you and Fritzy and uh, Paulie, dads are dead. Yeah, thanks. Had a good weekend until I heard yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Dennis in Wales. Hi, Dennis. Hey, how you doing, Dan? My dad's dead, too, so, you know,
4: it's just not going to be a good day for any of us. So I've got the poll. Um, I'm going to give Serena some love. By the way, she waved the checkered flag at Monaco <clears throat> yesterday for the Formula One. I've got the best or worst in a comment. Best was Phil, rolling black the clock, and uh, the course was just incredible to see. And it was really humbling and powerful. More of an open setup than a, than a PGA setup. And worse was the anticlimactic end to the Premier League season. Everyone was long, relegated, the same 14 Teams that always win one, but everybody was breathless about this being the final day, and nothing was there. My comment has to do with baseball. You were talking about this uh, last week. Friday night, my Red Sox won eleven to three. How did they score eleven runs with seventeen of twenty-seven outs by strikeout?
3: <laughs> uh, that's that's modern baseball, Dennis. It just is. Um, as as much as I, you know, lament watching it or. Uh, you know, crusade against it, that's just baseball. That's that's the way it is. It, you know, things change, and, it, and things are slow to change, and maybe that's what's going to happen. It's just they, they're they bringing up these young arms, and they say throw as hard as you can for as long as you can, and then if you need Tommy John, we'll see you in a year, year and a half. And then these hitters, everything is about swing up, swing hard. That's baseball, like it or not. Ted in Tampa. Hi, Ted. Welcome back.
4: Hey, uh, Dan. This is, yeah, Ted from Tampa Bay. Um, I had two best this weekend. One was uh, the fact that Brooks Kepka never gave up. That that was really inspiring. I mean, he had to know he was going through a nightmare there with some of those shots going off the into the dirt, into the sand, into the rough, and he never gave up. He kept in there, so that's great. Uh, my second best is uh, on Monday Memorial Day that's when, uh, uh, like we talked last year, we'll be doing the workout for uh, Lieutenant Mike Murphy, who was killed on the, uh, in the Lone Survivor movie. Uh, and uh, that's uh, you start out with a one-mile run. Then you do 100 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, 300 sit-ups, and then another mile run. You can do them five at a time. And when I talked to you last year, Polly said, give me one year to train, and I'll do it.
3: Well, we gave him one year. <laughs> can you give him another
2: year, Ted? <laughs> yes, no, Paul. We got, we, I haven't done 100 it. pull-ups in the past calendar year total.
4: It, it, that's okay. You can do five at a time. You can do five push-ups at a time. But <laughs> come on, Mike Murphy, was uh, he gave his life and was awarded the uh, Medal of Honor. That's The least we can do is go out there and work out
8: for him.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Ted. And uh, good luck with that cause. Fritzy. you... Uh... I could
8: probably do three or five at a time over a period of uh, weeks or something. Yeah, like that, to yeah. finally add up to 100. That yeah. doesn't really accomplish anything athletically, but it's a, it's for a nice cause.
7: Yeah, Seaton. I have some friends who have done that and they'll, like, say on Instagram, right, post at, at 7.30 in the morning, like, we're starting the challenge, let's go, and it'll be 9.30 that night where they're, like, done. Oh. <laughs> brutal. This is brutal. And they're, but they're, like, the kind of dudes who do pull-ups with, uh, like, huge heavy chains <laughs> on, and they're, like,
3: yeah, we
9: got to get traded.
3: Yeah, I'm not able to do any of that stuff. It's, like, the mutters, you know, those guys. stuff the Mudder. CrossFit and all that, I... I, I don't have any interest the in Spartan.
7: Yeah. The Spartan games Spartan or whatever games, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't,
3: I don't have any interest in doing that. Like a nice brisk walk. I, yeah, that seems like pretty good.
7: <laughs> what about, don't they do like mini triathlons or like mini yeah. Ironmans or yeah. something? That would be kind of cool to do. No. no, no. Well, I can't run and I'd prefer not to swim.
3: I can ride a bike. Okay. I don't know if that, I wouldn't qualify. Yeah. Pauline.
2: Every year I go to watch my wife in a 5K. There's something for that. I sit there and watch yeah, and uh, have a beer afterwards. I've done that. Ring your bell when they run by. I watch the entire 5K, like from the start to the finish.
3: Well, my wife did the New York City Marathon a couple times, and I would go to Mile 15, and there was a bar there. And, uh, you were there early, I'm sure. Yes, I was. Yeah. Well, I had to stake out our, our place, and then uh, you know I would go into the bar, and then I would try to keep track of where my wife was, and then I would come out. And uh, then I would go from 15-mile marker to the very end in uh, Central Park. Boy, there are some people, when they cross that finish line, they're in trouble. And then they give you that, like, aluminum foil, whatever kind of uh, raincoat or something, and just to keep you warm. But there's great admiration for you. I have no interest in doing it none whatsoever just the, but i still love the fact that p diddy puffy combs ran the marathon but he had a, uh, a an assistant and his name was uh what bentley uh, oh yeah uh fonsworth bentley. fonsworth bentley fonsworth bentley with the parasol yes and he carried around an umbrella for p diddy while before he's getting ready to race and his job i think was to do that and then I think he was—he didn't do it for the whole race. No, 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 he—he uh, he didn't. That would have been cool. That would have. But his job was, and he had like an umbrella, and he was just holding it up for a P. Diddy.
7: Yeah. See. There are people who do it, uh, like dressed as Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. They'll run it. Or I saw one guy. Um, he was running, and he was dressed as a UPS guy, and he had a box in his hand the whole time, and <laughs> ran the whole marathon that way.
3: Yeah. Great admiration for those people,
7: but thank you. Oh, that's right. Seton did it. Uh, twice. Twice.
2: Oh, that's right. That's pretty wild.
7: You, Somehow your admiration just went down a little bit. It did. <laughs> for those who yes. complete the New York City Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Man, sorry about that. Yeah, I, okay. I didn't. Well, I did not I did it
3: too. I apologize. My voice came down a little bit like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Paul.
2: Question for Seton. Which is tougher, Mile 2 or Mile 25? Uh, or
7: the remember? end. Well... The first time I ran it, the end of it was really tough because it felt like my legs were being pulled apart at like every possible angle. The second time, I got about five miles in and I was like, why did I do this? Yeah. Why did I do this again? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be running in this. I, don't- I got hungry about five miles in and I, would- I knew right there that I was dead. I was like, oh, this is going to be awful. And then you just kind of run through it. And then you'll see these
3: inspirational stories where you know somebody's going to run the race and they've been in an accident and... You know, that, they, they're like eight hours later and they come across
7: the finish line. There was this moment, um, uh, like I think it's mile 18, you cross into Manhattan for the first time and you go over this bridge. You know, bridges have like an arc to them, right? And that, I was really feeling the like pain and everything and my legs were starting to go a little bit and i was giving myself this big pep talk as i'm running up this bridge i'm like no you're going to manhattan like this is awesome you're doing it you're doing it. i'm doing all that stuff in my head and as i'm saying that an octogenarian goes flying <laughs> by me juggling three balls and i mean he was like in almost like a full sprint he went flying past me and i'm like oh my gosh just suck it up dude and run the damn race
3: i know So in Seton's, you know, he brought it up. I was listening to him one time. He's talking to somebody about he ran the marathon. And I said, Oprah ran the marathon too, Seton. So just saying. Wasn't that impressive? I don't know if she
8: ran the marathon.
3: (laughs) You get a
7: marathon and you get a marathon. So, so petty, Dan. I know I am. So petty. (laughs) You're welcome. It's coming around the corner. You're welcome Uh, to sign up. I I have no interest. I have no interest. Okay. All right. Well, I I would put, say, maybe me and Oprah, and then right there in the scale. (laughs) So I'm under you and Oprah. Of of the non-marathon finishers, you're right at the top of the list, but then the break is marathon finishers up top. (laughs) (laughs) See, you got serious there. (laughs) I'm sorry. Do you have a... Knee replacement? I'm sorry. Do you have a finisher's medal? Do you Do you, you have a finisher's medal, Dan? Have you had... Yeah, I'm
3: finished with this segment right <laughs> yeah, here. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, then. About that. All right, we'll I'm going to go break. polish my medals. How about... I'm going to polish my Emmys. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a break here. And uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to give you our best and worst of the weekend. Because my best and worst of the weekend is Seton's forehead. That... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: It's like yeah, you think you're on air the whole time because there's this big red light. You are staring in the face.
3: You know when you when you get that sunburn and you're sweating so much, you got so much heat on your forehead right now, like dewy. This glaze that's on my forehead. How would you describe his complexion? Dewy, dewy. Twenty three after the hour. Take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Athletes all over the country talking about incredible relief they're getting from Level Select CBD. This is a sports cream. They got roll-ons, and it's from Cadenwood, the leader in CBD. Pros on top of their game. Ricky Fowler uses it. Steve Garvey does. Former quarterback Carson Palmer. They all use Level Select CBD, and they use it daily. Recently, when we had Carson Palmer on the show, he mentioned how Level Select CBD helps Keep him active, helps him be the best dad that he can. He was going out skiing with the kids. Pro athletes use Level Select CBD because it works. It really does. And I use it when I get ready to go to a workout or when I come back. Our newest sponsor, Level Select CBD, is offering this show's listeners a great deal. You get Level Select CBD or any of their other CBD products for 30% off. You go to levelselectcbd.com today. Promo code is DAN30. Get 30% off your entire order. Awesome. LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DAN30. Never stop playing with Level Select CBD. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited.
10: See terms at pick slash promos. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that.
1: Restrictions apply, prime membership required for add on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
7: You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh turns out, nope. I was wrong. Hmm. Cause then I tried right brand bacon and honestly. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself.
2: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
3: Greatest spectacle in racing returns to the month of May. The 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, Sunday, 11 Eastern only on NBC. Get to our best and worst of the weekend. Val in Texas leads us off. Hi, Val. Hey, Dan. Uh, five nine one
9: eighty. 180. Uh, and McLovin, it's kind of crazy that you said Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I get that about Matthew Broderick all the time. I may or may not have accepted comp food because I look like him, but I have a best and worst. Um, two bests. Uh, one, gosh, Phil Mickelson winning is awesome. Uh, the other is I took delivery on one of my midlife crisis vehicles this weekend, and then my worst. What was is, the car? It's a 1966 Ford Bronco. First year they made them.
3: Those things are expensive, Val. I'm afraid so. Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't it crazy uh, that I I grew up with these Ford Broncos, and now you see them where they're all tricked out. They're eighty thousand, yeah. ninety thousand, one hundred thousand.
9: I had a 68 in high school, and like an idiot, I sold it, and um, and I paid literally 12 times what I sold that <laughs> one for. So, um, But uh, my my worst is, and I'm sure everybody agrees, well, not everybody, but almost everybody agrees, the get-in-the-hole guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a par-five, 500-yard hole, and you're yelling get-in-the-hole from the tee, you're just a moron. And to that end, I have a competing limerick for Fritzy uh, about to get in the getting the whole guy.
3: Okay, here's Val from Texas.
9: <laughs> All right. Though Lefty showed nothing but class and set a record that no one might pass. The get-in-the-hole guy deserves just to slow die while the gallery beats on his Adam's
3: apple. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank you, Val. Thank Much you. darker than Todd's. Yes, it <laughs> is. Rick's, but. Yeah. Okay. I, I think there should be a, a gallery bouncer. There should be somebody in the crowd when you have some idiot yell, get in the hole. And then you just say, come on with me. Let's go. You're going home. And you can only say it if it's on a par three. How's that? Or if Bryson DeChambeau is on the tee, then you could say get in the hole. It was a spirited gallery, crowd, but it was good. It, it was still, it, it made the event that
7: much better. Yes. He, Actually never so happy to hear the get in the hole guy. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, no. One time you get the pass, like, okay, go be an idiot. Yeah.
3: Yeah, those Ford Broncos. I've seen those where you go, what? What am I missing here? Because I remember growing up, and you know, guys had them, but they were rust, and you know, they were barely there. Now you see these these renovation projects with these Ford Broncos. It is wild how expensive they are. Yeah, Paul.
2: And it slides up a decade if you look at like the '80s uh, Toyota Land Cruisers and the uh, '80s Forerunners or the '80s. Um, Jeep Grand, Cher- Grand Wagoneers, the Woodies on the sides, they just are getting priced out. They're, they're hard to find and getting priced out.
3: And, and usually what happens, I remember collectors saying, always invest in the car with the age group that couldn't afford it when they were growing up. Now you get a 50-year-old or 40-year-old, what couldn't you afford when you were in high school? And then those are the cars that you usually buy. Because I remember growing up, I had friends who had Corvettes in the 60s. And I always wanted to have a, a 67 big block Corvette. And then I got to the point where I could afford it. And then I went, I don't want this Corvette. Like I'm okay without it. And I ended up selling it. That's when Jay Leno goes, oh, you keep it. You don't, you don't sell it. You, you keep it. And I go, I, I didn't have, I, I was good. I moved on. I
2: moved on to something else. Yeah, Paul. It's weird. Cause if you have an old car like that, You don't know whether to use it or not use it. If it's really mint, you don't want to use it. But why have it? Well, it feels like when you drive
3: it, I had somebody steal the lighter out of my 67 Corvette, the lighter. And I thought, oh, God, every time you drive it, you feel like it's costing you money. But, yeah, somebody got in, and uh, it's one of those where you park it and you go into a store and you're not going to lock it up. And came out, and I went, I don't need the lighter, but now I need the lighter. Yeah, see,
7: I think especially with the pandemic, the prices of vehicles like that have gone through the roof, uh, especially because more people I think there's a couple of reasons. More people are spending time outdoors, so they're doing more off road vehicles like a forerunner or something like that and tricking those out. And people didn't spend the year traveling or anything like that. So people just have more money to buy things like that. You know, some people do have more money to buy things like that. And it's just driving the price up.
3: Let's go around the room, best and worst of the weekend. I'm going to start with you, Todd.
8: My best of the weekend, Chris Middleton and his game-winning shot in OT to beat the Heat in Game 1 Saturday, finished with 27.6 boards, team-high 6 assists. Worst, the Clippers relinquishing home-court advantage after Game 1 to the Mavs Saturday. Luca third playoff triple-double of his career, 31-10 and 11 assists.
6: McLovin? I think I have to mention for my best, these 76ers took down Rui Hachimura and the Wizards in Game 1. because.
3: What an incredible performance.
6: I mean, is there a less interesting game Game one of the whole playoffs? Uh, My worst is actually going to be the Warriors that are not Steph Curry uh, playing on Friday night in the loss to the Grizzlies. Like, Curry did everything. He was triple teamed. And that is just not a great supporting cast, except for Draymond. Uh,
3: Seton O'Connor, best and worst of the weekend.
7: My best of the weekend is Zach Steffen becoming the first American to win Premier League. Uh, he's the backup keeper for Manchester City. Oh, so you don't have to tell me. I know. I know. It's just the backup. Well, of course, obviously, you were, you've were you been following. Yes. Um, I know it's just the backup, um, but it's still a great milestone to hit. Um, my other best is the eight other U.S. men's national team members who qualify for Champions League. Uh, they're the next Champions League. Tim Weah and his little team won the French League, which was pretty awesome. Christian Pulisic and uh, Weston McKinney are in. Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams, John Brooks, Sergio Dest, and Evan, uh, Ethan Horvath, all in Champions League next year. Pretty cool.
2: Paulie, uh, Lakers coach Frank Vogel, very smart guy. He never gets into controversy. He was asked directly about LeBron James violating the league COVID policy with a tequila party with Blake, uh, with Drake, and Michael B. Jordan. His exact quote, what was your, they asked him, what was your reaction? Quote, I had no reaction to it. He knows what he's doing. I trust his decision-making. He gave the media nothing. Good job by Frank Vogel. Weirdest of the weekend, Phil Mickelson said that he fasts for 36 hours every week. Like he goes for a stretch at some point during the week to reset his system and no food for 36 hours. You think you could do that? He takes supplements and and coffee and water and other drinks, but Mm. no food food. Mm. 36 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So
7: you, Is that like just another um, sort of way to of intermittent fasting? Probably.
2: Like one of those kind of things? Yeah. He says it's not for weight. It's for joints and how he feels going into a weekend.
3: But I'll go from six o'clock, seven o'clock at night until 10 o'clock the next day without eating. Usually I'll, I don't have breakfast. I'll have something at 10 o'clock, but that's intermittent fasting. Terry Crews, the actor, was is big on that. That's the first time I heard of that. And then all of a sudden, your body just kind of adapts to it. But it's it's a it's a whole lot better than when I did my um, purified water vegetable diet. That was for uh, that was three months where every day, every meal was vegetables and purified water. I had to drink over 100 ounces
2: of water. Warm water, yeah.
3: by the way. Yeah, Paul.
2: We've been working with you for a long time, big guy, and that may have been the toughest stretch of the duration because you were coming in, complain as you walked in, you'd complain about the food you had to eat that day. And then you'd complain about the food you had a week eat on the way out.
3: Well, it was the same. I was having vegetables every single meal for three months. <laughs> oh, man. That was a tough run. Because I I went through this you know these health issues, and my wife goes, Let's try a homeopathic. I said, all right, I'll try
5: a homeopathic.
3: And this guy, he, he said, uh, you know, you're going to have vegetables and you're going to have purified water and uh, I want you to have warm water. And I go, what else do I get? He goes, that's it. I go, I don't get any. I, I'm going to have vegetables and purified water.
7: May I have some lemon?
3: Um, you would be surprised, but (laughs) he, he said eventually, eventually Uh I could have some lemon in my warm water. (laughs) I lost, I think probably almost 20 pounds, but I didn't feel any better because it's one of those where people go, and do you feel better? I go, no, I don't. And then my wife surprised me that, uh, with a Christmas gift that we were going to go to Normandy. And I said to this homeopathic doctor, I said, hey, I'm going to France. And he goes, enjoy, enjoy France. Well, I, I went there and I just went crazy in France. <laughs> I, as soon as I got, as soon as I landed, it's like, uh, I'm going to have some wine. I'm going to have some uh, you know, great food here. And I never went back to the diet. I I I was done with the diet. I was supposed to do four months. I remember after three months, this uh, doctor goes, and we had to have this consultation. He goes, "From today, you can start having potatoes." (laughs) And I, I, you know, it was a big buildup. I thought, "Oh my God, okay, here I get to have chicken. I get to have fish. I get to have steak. I get you can have." potatoes
7: yeah. i bet not since the famine had
3: potatoes yes. ever been so yeah. appreciated yeah.
1: by <laughs> an
7: irishman
3: yeah my my people my people the irish oh thank the, you
2: the, Oh, the potato thank famine. you for these potatoes oh so, thank you god yes paul do you think do you think that the doctor gives you this so you forget about your joint pain you're so miserable about your diet and how miserable you are because you're so hungry that the joint pain is now second on the food chain of things you're upset about? Uh, I,
3: I, if that was his goal, um, it worked for just a little while. Oh. And then after that, it was, I was done. But try drinking 100 ounces of water today. But do that every single day. And then try to go like one, one full day where all you have is vegetables. And then we started doing plant-based burgers. I mean, I was... It didn't work, let's put it that way. I'm all for plant-based? Yeah, Seton.
7: I know, I was just thinking, I was just like, wow, that sounds really awful, and then I was like, oh, wait, I was a vegetarian Your for, man. like, ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh, right.
3: And, and I remember, given Seaton grief, we'd go to the <laughs> Seven Seas, we'd be there at the bar, we'd have a beer and burgers and fries, and Seton would to have something that was vegan. And I remember saying, oh, come like I'd given him grief. And then all of a sudden, I'm coming in, I'm
7: having steamed vegetables. He goes, oh, okay. Karma well, yeah. there, Danny. <laughs> mm. Yes, it was. You know, the difference is, though, is that while I may have been eating all vegetable products, I was still crushing booze. So <laughs> I, it wasn't really that bad. <laughs> yeah, but you
3: chose to do it. I, I, I was told that you need to do this. So <laughs> would I do it again? No. Take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We'll take a break back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
7: You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly... Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself.
2: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Fewer calories, fewer carbs, that premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This day in sports history, final results of the poll question, last call for phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. By the way, first team to reach 30 wins this season in baseball, your San Diego Padres. They are the first team with a perfect home stand of at least nine games since the Mets went ten and zero in April of 2015. Beat the uh, Mariners yesterday. Now nine and zero on the home stand. This day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have?
2: This is a good one for you, Dan. I'm curious if you remember this at all. all right. In 1967, the AFL granted a franchise to the Cincinnati Bengals. How big of a deal was that at the time?
3: It was not a big deal. Uh, I'm trying to, yeah, I don't even remember that they got the franchise. I remember I was excited when they started to field the team.
2: Was it a Browns state until then? Like a Cleveland, oh, was yeah. the Cleveland Browns, the whole state?
4: Yes.
3: Yeah. And probably is more so. I mean, the Bengals have had success, gone to two Super Bowls. But, you know, the Browns had such a head start with winning championships back in the 60s. Like they were the great team. Uh, you know, you had the Green Bay Packers, but Cleveland Browns were a great team. Prior to that, they just never, you know, they didn't have the Super Bowl back then, and Green Bay won the first two. Yep. Also,
2: uh, sports history, 1990, Andre Dawson of the Cubs was intentionally walked five times in a single game. It's a record. Bonds didn't have five. He had four. Wow. And that was 1987?
3: Uh, I got 1990, I think. Oh, 1990. Because the Hawk, didn't he, did not he win the MVP in 87 for a losing team? Yeah. Last place team? Yeah,
2: last place team. Yeah.
3: Anything else? That's it. Uh happy birthday, Hector Macho Camacho. Joe Dumars and Tracy McGrady. Whose career would I want out of this? <laughs> um, man, Macho Camacho was entertaining. Dumars has titles. T Mac. I always thought that T Mac was in the shadow of Vince Carter. Like Tracy McGrady was really. Entertaining, athletic, similar size to Vince Carter, but it just felt like Vince got more attention than uh, T-Mac did. Macho Camacho. God, he was entertaining. Those outfits. And he had that, his hair, he had that little curl that came down the middle of his forehead.
2: Yeah, Paulie. Tracy McGrady had a real nice seven-year run from age 21 to 28. He led the league in scoring twice, 32.1 and 28 Points a game.
3: Well, he was another one of the next Jordans. He was the next Mike. He had Grant Hill, I guess Vince Carter. I'm trying to think. I mean, there was a long list, but, uh, you know, Kobe's the only one who came close. Uh, Let's go around the uh, Final results of the poll question, McLeod.
6: Best old guy feat. uh, Phil Mickelson at 50 winning, beats Tom Brady at 43 winning the
3: Super Bowl. Mm. Close. Mm. All right. Recency bias. Yeah. Yeah. If we did that right after the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, well, we can do it this next year when they win the Super Bowl in LA. Wow. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know who's getting a lot of love for preseason MVP? You guys want to take a
2: guess? Take a guess. Yeah, Paulie? Is it the same team that we declared uh, white hot in the expert picks last week? We we discussed a West Coast team that is really hot with the cool people picking.
3: Uh, No, not the Chargers. Okay. This, this, this. Oh,
6: so I don't, I have no idea who it's going to be, but isn't there a trend where second-year players, see, that's why I would think the Chargers, second-year players tend to be MVPs. Well, we've
3: seen that with Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So a young guy like that who's ready to take the next step. Nope. This guy is over the age of 30. And, and his team, well, your team has to be successful as well. His team could be a sneaky pick for the Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul.
2: Matthew Stafford?
3: Yep. Wow. Ooh. Just just throwing it out there. Dangling. Some nice little buzz. I don't know what the odds are. Can we look up Matthew Stafford MVP? But I the Rams, sneaky pick, home Super Bowl. Home Super Bowl just like the Buccaneers mm. did back to back years. Mm.
2: Yes, Paul? Dan, if we put a Hundy on Matt Stafford, we're coming in with fourteen hundred bucks. Uh, fourteen to one. That's righteous. Who's
7: with me? Oh wow. All right. Let's just so sort of, let's just each throw down a hundred dollars, then what do we come away with? A lot. More than that.
3: <laughs> yeah. The only guy who didn't raise their hand? Fritzy.
8: Less the money, more, I'm just not picturing Matthew Stafford as the NFL MVP. Okay, who's your guy? I don't know. Drew Locke? I could see Justin Herbert getting it to, uh, just as fast as Matthew Stafford, even though they got the Chiefs in their division. Yeah.
0: Hot,
8: hot, 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 hot. hot.
3: Uh, if you want to throw down some money, Matthew Stafford for uh, MVP. Yeah, McClellan. So,
6: is Russell Wilson even going to get a vote? He still hasn't gotten that MVP vote. Remember, that was a big storyline
3: last year. Russell Wilson Jr. The third will not win an MVP. It's amazing that uh,
6: another quarterback in that division will win an MVP before him.
3: I picked him last year to win the MVP. He was on his way. Oh, he was. He was. But uh, and you're starting to hear less drama out of Seattle. And your you know Pete Carroll was on Rich Eisen show, and he's like, oh, it feels like it's a long time ago. And you know there was a lot of drama there, but everything's good. Feels like everything is fine. I was told wait till after free agency. Wait till after the draft. And then we'll see if uh, Russ is, is ready to cook.
7: Uh, yeah, Seton. Aaron Rodgers didn't show up for OTAs. That's a statement to the organization, Dan. Sorry for the breaking news this late. Mm, I think he's in
3: Hawaii with his fiance. Mm, could be. Yeah. Uh, Todd, what did you learn today?
8: You were less concerned about the Lakers dropping game one, more about the way they played in game one. Yeah.
3: McLevin?
7: Nick Fado has some really cool trophies.
3: Yes, he does. He's got six majors and I uh, showed him showed off a couple of those. Seaton, what did you learn?
7: It would appear vermilion is the shade of my forehead.
3: Yes. Yeah, Paulie did a nice job and uh, I want to bring Seaton into the paint store today and just say, "Can I get a paint that matches Seaton's forehead?" <laughs> 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 Paulie, what would you learn?
2: The Benjamin Moore color wheel says Seaton's head is vermilion. <laughs> vermilion.
3: What we learned brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all-around support. For Seton, Pauly, Fritzie McLovin, yours truly, this has been the Dan Patrick Show.